We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from, well, honestly, I don't know where. <laughs> I'll probably be <laughs> in Northfield, Minnesota by the time you're listening to this this episode, although we're recording it still in the St. Louis regional area. <laughs> <laughs> the bi-state area. <laughs> the bi-state area, yeah. <laughs> and who is that? Who is that talking to me? This is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you, as always, from beautiful... Uh, South St. Louis, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. Yeah, you don't get out much, do you, Matt? I don't, no. <laughs> I'm not one of those retired guys, John. I'm still a, a working man, still serving as pastor. Uh, not that ever, not that pastors don't ever stop being pastors, I suppose, but uh, yeah, here at Ascension, don't get out much. Well, here, here's the thing. If I had Ted Drews within walking distance of me, I wouldn't move around so much either. <laughs> there you go. Uh, enough said. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I have a crisis. I, I think it's important that people know that there's this crisis that, that is impending. And, and are you sitting down, Matt? I'm sitting down. I'm ready, John. I don't know what this is. You have not prepped me for this. Well, uh, okay. So this is news to me, too. What do you have for us? Well, so I'm sure you've heard that there is a shortage of workers, right? Yes. You, you see it all the time that they're having trouble finding enough people to work at restaurants. Uh, my brother-in-law, who runs a trucking company up in Minnesota, was down visiting us, and he said they're having trouble finding truck drivers. Apparently, this is going on throughout our, our country. But, you know, it, it doesn't bother you until it, it becomes personal. Right, Matt? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so my son Josh and I, we, we're at the local cafe uh, in Freeburg. Gary's, by the way, Gary's Restaurant. Tell them that I sent I sent you. Maybe I'll get a free meal the next time I go in. <laughs> so we're sitting there at Gary's restaurant having the Eric special, which is scrambled eggs and bacon and hash brown. It's great. Can't, it's a great deal. <laughs> we really should be doing commercials. People should pay us for this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to get to the point. Uh, uh, <laughs> so we're done. And I say to my son, hey, Josh, would you like some dessert? Because this place is known for its pies. Oh, I don't boy. know. I've never told you about this. Before. Well, yeah, come on. This is yeah, yeah Freeburg's best kept secret, it sounds like. So she says to me, she says, well, we only have one pie today. And here's what, and I, I think she could tell I was shocked. You know, my mouth must have just dropped open because she then says to me, because our pie maker has to do double duty as a table waiter. Oh. Oh, my. Now it hits home. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, it's serious, John. So, President Biden, I know you're listening to us. I know because all the presidents listen to us. It's not just President Biden. Trump did, too. Everyone listens to us, we know, because they want to know the latest. They want to know what's happening, the heartbeat of the country. And we have our fingers on the heartbeat, the wrist there of the, the country. The pulse of the nation. <laughs> that's exactly, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> so, anyway, let's get at it. Come on, man. If there's a shortage of pies, now we got real problems. It's getting serious. That, it's getting that, real. That, 
the toilet paper we could put up with. What was the other thing you said? There was a shortage of a couple of weeks ago. Grape nuts, John. Grape nuts. Yeah, we we can tolerate that, but now now we've crossed the line. Uh-huh. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, next time I'm at Gary's, I'm gonna ask for the Pastor Jolly John Lakumsky discount. We'll, we'll just see what they say. See what they say. See what they, they say, huh? Who? What? <laughs> have a piece of pie. All right, Matt. Enough of the crisis. We have to get back to the real world in the Bible. So yeah, what? Uh, what I'm did so you want to talk, John? As much as I, <laughs> I love know, pie, sorry. that is that is disheartening. It really is. Oh my goodness. Take a deep breath. Okay, all right. Okay. So, right, yeah. we got to get back. All right. Well, yes. All right. So, what I'd like to do is is go back a little bit to Pentecost. So, um, we had talked about Pentecost, uh, near the day of Pentecost, and, and you shared some great insights, and we've heard from the Pentecost pigeon. What's his name <laughs> again? Right. What's his Sparky. Sparky the Pentecost pigeon. How can I yeah. forget? I'm sorry, Sparky. You should I see apologize. the mess he left here. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't ever let a pigeon in your house. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Especially a an eight foot one, right? Yeah. So, oh boy. Uh, so so this is looking at Pentecost though from a, a slightly different perspective. Okay, so we All want right. to look at again Acts chapter two, and I think it's worth investing some some time in, and maybe a, another episode talking about it because, like we talked about, after all, Pentecost is a big deal. It you is recognize that. <clears throat> but I want to talk about today about the sort of the 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 language aspect of it, I guess. Okay. People hearing the the mighty works of God in their own language, okay? Um, it, it, one of the things that I, I was reflecting on is this how how people speak weird in different parts of the country. <laughs> so since, since you are now a, a globe-traveling man of leisure, John, um, the, have you noticed that in Minnesota? So you're, you're, you're kind of split your time between Minnesota and the St. Louis area over there in New Athens, Illinois. So have you noticed differences in how people talk there in Minnesota? Now, see, I don't think in this discussion you want to use the adjective weird. <laughs> okay. okay. Perhaps Different. differently. That, that is better. <laughs> yes, yes. No, obviously. Uh, yeah, you betcha. Sure, you betcha. There you go. Yeah, there you That's go. my best Minnesotan accent. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed when I went away to school in Nebraska, so I, I grew up here in St. Louis. I'm a, a St. Louis native. So, uh, you know, I, I have this bias that, you know, St. Louis says everything right and the rest of the world says it wrong. <laughs> so I'll try to put that aside, John. Uh, but uh, in Nebraska, yeah, people do talk a little different up there too. So here, here's a few examples. So I noticed here in St. Louis, you know, if you go to a fast food restaurant and the person behind the counter asks you if you want your food for here or to go, right? Isn't that what they yeah, usually say? Yeah, that's so in, well, what else would you say? Well, in Nebraska, yeah. it's a slightly different, I noticed. They ask you if it's to stay or to go. Really? Stay. So, I mean, that's not okay. a big difference, but no, it's a difference. No, but it is a difference. And then the the other difference, of course, is not just in, in Nebraska, but other places. It's It's not called a soda. It's called a... Pop. A pop. A pop. I yeah. I couldn't get used to that one. Uh, yeah, and some places some some places it's soda pop. Some places soda pop. And in Texas, and so, this is the one that really throws oh, me yeah, off. Apparently, okay, yeah. I, just, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. It's it's a Coke, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so what kind of Coke do you want? I'll take a sprite. <laughs> Wait a second. Everything's a Coke. Yeah. Everything's a Coke. Yeah. And then the the one that got me though, John, and, and maybe this is the most egregious one. <laughs> In Nebraska, it's not toasted ravioli. They call it 
fried ravioli. Well, but they have it though. See, they that's surprising me that they even have it. But it's fried. When I was which, there, they had it. Yeah. Honestly, it probably is a more accurate description. Well, yeah, of course it is. It really <laughs> is fried. Ravioli <laughs> in a toaster? No, no, no one puts it in a toaster. But All it right. was invented here in St. Louis, right? That's where it originated. Yeah. yeah. You know. But anyway, um, but just some differences. Some differences. And so when I was away at school, yeah, I would adjust how I talked a little bit and. You know, it kind of rubbed off of me, but I would come home for, for spring break, for summer vacation, and, and you know, things were right again. <laughs> people <laughs> people talk the way that I talk, right? Um, <laughs> it was good to be back. It was good to be back where soda is soda and the ravioli is toasted. Um, so, so, Matt, Matt, I don't want to distract you here, but yes. just a question. So, so when your clothes, when your clothes get dirty, what do you do? What do you do with them? Well, I wash them, of course, John. <laughs> what else would I do with them? <laughs> and so, so that's what I did when I was up in Milwaukee. I washed my clothes, and boy, did people make you wash them! Really, you wash them? <laughs> I think it's wash. You wash your clothes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah, it's a it's a St. Louis thing. I used to spell wash with an R, even <laughs> well, when I wrote it. It was you? pretty bad, but <laughs> yes, of course. Why wouldn't you? The the intrusive R. Uh, as they call it. Uh, anyway, so here's the point. I know you're wondering, John, what's the point? Our listeners I are know. too. And we um, don't have our sound effects anymore. Listeners, soon, soon, within months, we'll have our sound effects back. Yeah. We'll be back <laughs> so in the eager. real world. Yeah. Um, but but all of this, the, this idea of, of, you know, being more used to at home in the language that you're used to, that is a word. That, that is a, it's a term that describes it. It's called a person's heart language. Ah, okay. I've never heard that before. Yeah. So the yeah. heart language is the one you grow up speaking. It's the one that that, that the people you you care about the most that, that surrounded you growing up, the, the language that they spoke. Um, sometimes, you know, that most important person is your your mom, good old mom, yeah. right? And so another term you might call it is a, a mother tongue. Ah, it's the, okay. It's, it's the tongue you learn, the, the, the language you learned from your mother. So mom, mother mom always washed language. our clothes. She That's always right. washed See, our clothes. Yeah. Blame it on mom. Mom no. was always washing. So it's mom's <laughs> fault. That's why I say it that way. Um, love you, mom. <laughs> um, so when you speak, when you try to communicate a message to someone, it's it's best understood when you speak that person's heart language. So yeah. they've, they've done studies on this even. If you learn another language, a second language, yeah, you can learn things intellectually through that second language. But if you really want to learn things at an emotional level, at a heart level, we could say you speak a person's heart language. That's how it's best learned. I, I don't know about you, John, but I mean, I find that <laughs> true with, the, with the, the, the few other languages that I am familiar with. Um, you and I both learn Hebrew and Greek, those original languages of the uh, Old and New Testaments. Uh, and and we can we can get by. We can translate some of the Old and New Testaments, right? Uh, we can have some understanding there. But but boy, <laughs> you know, English is our heart language. That's the language we grew up with, and that's the language where we can really know things, not just on a, an intellectual level, but but on an emotional, a heart level, a deeper level. And the same way for communicating, right? Not only can we hear and understand, but we can communicate so so much better. You know, I I can read German, but I couldn't sure. I couldn't communicate to you anything in German. No. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that that's important to recognize because 
on the day of Pentecost, uh, the Lord pours out that promised Holy Spirit. And it's a day, too, I think, when we see just how important that heart language is to God. Um, he goes to great lengths to be able to share the word of the Lord in people's heart language. I think that's interesting. So when you read through that account on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, we hear these, these words that we don't typically hear in the Bible. We hear these words like bewildered and amazed and astonished. And the people that day were just that. They were bewildered. They were amazed. They were astonished. But I think it's interesting to see what they were so bewildered, amazed, and astonished about. Uh, so if you want to read for us again, John, uh, Acts chapter 2, if you're there, um, verses 1 through uh, 8. I'm looking right at what you're talking about. Okay, there, Matt. Great. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and there suddenly came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? So, so if it had been us, they would say, are these not all St. Louisans? <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> they're washing their clothes? <laughs> know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, these are just some yahoos from St. Louis that wash yeah. clothes. You know, how in the world would they be able to speak in a way that we can understand them? Exactly. Yeah, good parallel, John. Thank you. Um, but I think it's interesting. There's a lot of things that could have astonished and amazed them, right? Yes. Uh, it could have been the, might of the sound of the mighty rushing wind. But, but that's not it. Uh, it could have been the flames of the fire that were on their heads or maybe coming out of their mouths or wherever the flames were appearing. Um, but that's not it either, right? Uh, it says twice. They were bewildered. Why? Because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear in our own native language? So the thing that bewilders, amazes, astonishes people is, is the language that they can hear in their heart language, in their mother tongue, those mighty works of God. Uh, and again, the recognition, of these are just guys from Galilee, right? <laughs> these are yes, not yes. linguists. Or, these are just normal, average guys. The Holy Spirit gave them this ability, no doubt about it. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. And I think it's uh, interesting, too, John, just to kind of recognize these, these people that were in Jerusalem at the time. Some of them, you know, maybe they were living in Jerusalem. Uh, others of them visiting there for the Festival of Pentecost. Uh, certainly and, and there. And you're not going to make city. me. You're not going to make me pronounce all these names. No, no, you? no. We're going easy right. on you. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> but we have this list yeah. of 12, 12 different places, right? These tongue twister yeah. type names, uh, just to recognize that these people are certainly from other areas. But I think it's kind of interesting. So they they come to Jerusalem for the festival of Pentecost, or maybe they're living there, um, but they're not originally from there. But most likely, these Jews could have all. Uh, maybe spoken or at least understood parts of a common language, uh, right. Greek, right? 
Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and maybe Hebrew, since they were all Jews, too. Yeah, least, maybe Hebrew, Aramaic. Yeah. Um, At least it, it's kind of like the Roman Catholics, where they would do their services in Latin. And so they would they would understand, not they couldn't speak Latin, but they would have understood at least religious things that were said. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so in this case, yeah, it's Greek, and that's kind of the common language, the lingua franca of the time. Yeah. And they could have done certain oh, things in lingua Greek. Lingua franca, huh? Oh, yeah, well, excuse me. <laughs> I mentioned Latin, and already we're spouting Latin. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I know. This is just a guy from St. Louis. <laughs> sorry, he's speaking Latin. He's speaking Latin. They can't yeah. be. Um, but, but Greek kind of the common language of the day. So, you know, for instance, the, the Jews, even from different parts of the world, they would have a, a sort of a working knowledge of Greek, and it would be for business, for um, for, for things like that, just yeah. getting along. I but, think but I still, see where you're going. Go ahead. Yeah, still it's impersonal though, right? It's If they're going to have a conversation with family and friends, you know, over dinner, they're not going to be speaking Greek, right? They're going to be speaking their heart language. And so when these people hear the word of the Lord being spoken in their heart language, you know, they're, they're bewildered and amazed and astonished. They're probably also overjoyed too to hear that. And in hearing that, I think they also have this recognition that, you know, God cares about me. <laughs> the yeah, Lord wants, yeah. wants me to be able to understand his word in my own native tongue, in my own heart language, which I think is pretty cool. And I think it just speaks to the fact that, you know, God could have, uh, enabled um, the disciples to just speak Greek really well, and then everyone could kind of understand what was going on in Greek because they, they had a working knowledge of it. But instead, he enables these people to hear in their own language, their heart language, the, the word of the Lord. And I think that just, just shows the care that God has for every individual from every nation and, and the importance that God places on them hearing his word in their heart language. Matt, Matt, let me show you two things uh, about it. One, 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 a silly thing, though it affirms the 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 importance of the heart language. My 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 uh, Ukrainian grandmother Anna, whenever she wanted to ream uh, or to uh, be angry at my father, that's the language I want to use. She would always speak to him in Ukrainian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but when you want to say something from the heart, right? Yeah, you're right. You usually use your your mother tongue, as you said. Um, and, and then the other thought that I had here, too, is that uh, my understanding is, is a lot of the scholars think that probably a lot of the conversation that went on that's recorded in the Bible was done in Greek, you know, because a lot of times, oh, well, they spoke Aramaic and this had to be translated into Greek and then it's mm -hmm, translated mm -hmm. in English. Uh, or I've heard scholars say, well, no, like, as you said, Greek was was kind of the common language. So probably a lot of the conversations Jesus had may have just been in, in Greek. They, those may have actually been his, his actual words, although I think it is interesting, too, when he wants to speak to the heart, he often does choose yeah. words that are yeah. distinctively Aramaic, like Abba yeah. instead of uh, the Greek word for father uh and oh what oh, when he cries out my god my god why is thou forsaken me again very probably the most personal thing jesus says isn't it uh, regarding his father my god my god and that again is in the heart language of aramaic um but anyway i just wanted to i i think you got a great point yeah when you want to speak something from the heart you you do you use the language you're more are as you said more importantly what what your listener 
is comfortable with. Yeah, 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 and then important. So, you know, today, thinking about today, that's important too. You know, Lutheran Bible translators, I, I went on their website, did a little research. Uh, they say there's about 7,000 languages in our world today. And of those, about 700 don't have the Bible at least not the entire Bible cover to cover, 700 languages. You know, so so they do the hard work of doing what you just said, John, getting God's word into the mother tongue, the heart language of those people. But, you know, it takes high levels of skill to do that. Not just everyone can translate the Bible. And then it takes years of work. And so for, for Peter and these other disciples to have this opportunity that day for the people to hear in their heart language what they're saying, that's tremendous it's, 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 you know, it'd be the envy of any Bible translator today. So what does Peter do with this opportunity? Well, he preaches. And as you pointed out on a previous episode, he preaches all about Jesus, right? He talks about Jesus who was killed, but then risen from the dead. And especially in verse 21 uh, of Acts 2, he says this, he says, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, you know, what a beautiful message for those people from a diversity of different areas and ethnic groups to know that everyone, everyone, right, regardless of language spoken, uh, regardless of skin color, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a beautiful message for that, that diversity, that diverse group uh, together that day. Um, and then also just wanted to mention, too, you know, you brought up how in Reformation times, right, uh, and before, uh, just Latin spoken. Uh, boy, they only had the Bible in Latin. The church services were in Latin. And then Martin Luther comes along, and guess what he does? Well, you know what he does, John. Yeah, he t- translates it into the, the Deutsch. And, yeah. and there again, and now I have to translate that into the German. Exactly, yeah. exactly, into the, the heart language of the people. Yeah. So I can only imagine the astonishment and amazement when someone got a hold of the, the written word or the spoken word for the first time in their own language in German, that they could actually understand it completely and really take it to heart. Uh, it, it's amazing uh, to, to think of that, to not have it and then to have it. So thanks be to God for, for Luther doing that. And, um, and you know what's crazy is, is at that point, uh, the Roman Church would, would persecute people for translating it in to the the, the language. The oh, you could be killed. Yeah, crazy? you would be yeah. killed for yeah. doing that. So to, to sort of wrap up, John, um, I, I think that as Christians, regardless of what ethnic group we're attached to or culture, I think we each have the same heart language as Christians. Uh, and what I mean by that is a language that, that speaks to our heart, that we know. Um, and I, I'm going to just read John 10, verse 27, uh, where Jesus says these words. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So, you know, really, ultimately, as Christians, our heart language, as, shepherd, as sheep of Jesus' flock, our heart language is the voice of our good shepherd. <laughs> so that, that voice of our good shepherd that we hear in his holy word, that voice that says, from the cross, again, Father, forgive them. Um, the voice that says, this is my body, this is my blood, given and shed for your forgiveness. Uh, the voice of Jesus uh, is our heart language uh, as, as his people, as his baptized people. And so when we hear that voice of the good shepherd, we know it, we follow him. And thanks be to God for those opportunities when we're able to hear that voice of our shepherd in our own language, in our own human language too, right? Uh, in our heart language, whatever it may be. 
Um, so yeah, I think uh, just a few extra lessons to learn uh, from the day of Pentecost, especially connected to, to heart language. So yeah, anything I, else, John? Any other comments or anything before we? No, wrap no. Up? I, I just you know it, it's it just I was thinking, Matt. Uh, you know, we we do this story of Pentecost every every year. Uh, so I've done it forty plus years. Uh, how many years have you done it now in the ministry? Not that many. Okay. <laughs> Not as many as you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> About fifteen, fourteen, fifteen years. But but I, I you know I've never heard that particular issue emphasized and, and yeah such a good point especially the fact that God wanted them to hear in their own language because that was the message right whoever calls on the name of the Lord doesn't matter what your nationality is whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved so yeah yeah and but, that includes us uh, whether yeah. we whether we either talk with a Minnesotan accent or whether we talk <laughs> call it pop or soda or whether we say wash or wash. Uh, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, basics. the Basics. 